one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering community for salt. This is the Howling Salt Mine. It's the Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast. The podcast where we delve into those salty, salty minds of the Magic the Gathering community. We find the saltiest stories, the saltiest posts. We put them in our mind cart and we bring them right back up to you, our dear prospectors at home. As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined today by my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. He's back. He's back. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know what am i uh uh what, do I say? Uh, what up what up what up oh there it is he he hey. said the line beep, beep, he beep, remembered beep, beep, the bit he did it he said the line welcome back tony how's married hey, life oh, treating fucking, you yeah my life is completely different everything's changed wow i'll never be the same wow how many how many borat jokes have you made how many times have you said my wife a lot nice i don't think i've ever said it normally nice <laughs> the real question is how many times have i normally said my wife <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's zero it's yeah. actually zero <laughs> to be honest i'm not sure if stephanie knows that or not knows borat <laughs> yeah because it better. like I, it literally does because she started saying my husband in a similar way <laughs> i love that and i was like i don't know if you get it or if you're memeing me right now but i, I like amazing. not knowing because i feel like you don't know <laughs> i fucking oh love my that God. Dude. dude yeah uh, it's fucking great it's amazing. Uh, i will say i fucking hate wearing a ring <laughs> Really? Oh, no. Wow. Oh yeah, wow. it's like driving me nuts. Like I'm, I'm a very fidgety person. You know, I also say. got like a pretty chunky boy. You did get a pretty chunky. Yeah, you boy. got a chunky it's one. Like, there's just thick. like diamonds popping off of it. Yeah, just... I think there's some <laughs> yeah. emeralds on there too. You have oh, some like sure. truck nuts on it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Obviously, it's just actually a giant bolt. Uh, yeah. Like it's dragging along the ground up. right now. You can't even yeah, lift up yeah. your hand. I can't lift my hand. It's so fucking heavy. He took like ball and chain really, really seriously. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to commit to this like kind of annoying, gross term that people use for their spouse and put it on my finger for my life. I have gotten kind of better at taking it off, though, which like at first when I got it, I was like, oh, my God, I hate this concept that I like can't get this thing off of my finger because I feel like I'll get fat again and like I won't mm-hmm. be able to take it off and like that I'll, 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 like the world will be bad. <laughs> For some reason, it feels almost like claustrophobic to me. Mm, interesting. <laughs> Which I did not expect to feel at all. But it's like cool. I feel like it's a vibe. When I have this ring on with like my watch that she got me as well. and Because I got, fun fact for folks, I got a super cheap ring because I was like, oh, yeah, like what this do, thing man. that I can get that's like super fucking cheap and looks the same as this like super expensive one. Oh yeah. And I, if I lose it, I a don't have to care, and b I can like I can just change it whenever I want, which feels like a cool concept because exactly. I'm like, yeah, I like change. That's in like some that's ways. really symbolic of marriage too, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Anyways, my wife. My wife. 
Uh, no, I feel you, man. My ring was <laughs> was mad cheap too. My mine was like a tenth of the price of my wife's ring. <laughs> yeah, mine and is mine was just like folded more Damascus steel, and I was like, "That's cool." Like folded yeah. steel, isn't that what katanas are? Fuck yeah! I'll punch someone and slice them up yeah. like a cool <laughs> katana, man. That sounds great. Have Hell you seen yeah. that clip of the like? It's from some tank and airplane fighting game, and it's just like a, a Japanese zero cuts through like an american plane like the wing just cuts through something that's amazing Everyone's like glorious nippon steel <laughs> i love that i think about it basically every time <laughs> dude i i'm uh i've become a man of many rings i got my wedding ring i have a silver green lantern ring that my sister bought me that you've had since i've known you i've yeah. never seen you not wearing that ring I, well i'm not wearing it right now so whoa <laughs> are you okay oh yeah Everything you know all right <laughs> i was washing the dishes you know like so what i was gonna say you and take then i'm off to wash the dishes and then i have this other ring uh i have a ring a gold ring that my dad gave me that his dad had and his grandfather had so it's been in our family for like a wicked fucking long time so mm. i used to just be like a two ring guy before that i was a one ring guy it was green lantern ring one then ring it was like okay i'm married now two rings one on each hand and now that i have the two it's like okay i gotta put two on one hand one on the other the gold ring is like a little gold is soft so i don't want it to get scratched up so lately i found that i've been taking them off a whole lot more just because mm. I don't want to like fuck them up. Like when I like lift weights, mm. I don't want to scratch them up. When I do yard shit, I want to take them <laughs> nice, off. Nice flex. When dude. you're getting swole. <laughs> yeah. You know, when I'm like, oh, what's the last weight? I've wait barely been up. wearing my rings at all these days because I always have to take them off when I work out. Yeah. yeah. When I'm fighting, you know, when I'm fighting hand <laughs> yeah. to hand, I got to take them. And also, like, whenever I flex my muscles, I'm worried I'll burst the rings from the strength of my <laughs> grip. So <laughs> I take them off then too, you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's a thing you gotta, sometimes you gotta take them off, man. Yeah. Also, I watched this video where a guy didn't take his off and then he had to get it cut off and it was like all gross under there. It was bad. Ew. Ew. Mm, it was not good. I, I don't like, like I don't that. Do that. That sounds really unappealing. Yeah. <laughs> like some people, it, it literally does like grow into their hand. Yeah. Well, I am like paranoid that that'll happen to me. So like, it I feel like will. I'm constantly touching it and no. like. It probably will, Tony. It, you're fine, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, everybody, to episode 69. Yeah. Hey. Nice. 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 <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, this is going to be a particularly nice episode. Oh, like that. We don't really have any gimmicks planned other than just saying nice a lot. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but Tony insisted that he be a part of this episode, as everyone knows. So we did episode 70 last week. And this week we're doing episode 69. Nice. Because let's be fucking honest, of the three of us, the one that needs to be on this episode is me, not you two. So like <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Wow. Okay, Mr. Okay. Mary hey. Man. Think you're right. better than us? Think you're better than well, us? Didn't we talk about who said it? I think Mike said that we were gonna 69 on him for this episode. <laughs> Mike yeah. definitely that's, didn't that's say that. episode 169, Tony. <laughs> Mike oh, definitely yeah. did not say that. And You're I don't right. think he would ever say a joke like that. <laughs> no, look Check back the tapes. In the, look back at the tapes. It was me. I, I said think... it. Oh. <laughs> and now it is time. Mike, could you lay down, please? Oh no. Yeah, down that's, on the ground. I still have a hundred episodes right until that. <laughs> Tony, could you take your wedding ring off? It's kind of like scratching me. <laughs> 
Oh <laughs> Harshing your mellow. <laughs> it's scratching uh, my leg. <laughs> yeah, but you kind of like it, so it's fine. <laughs> it's got texture, baby. <laughs> Mike, stop moving around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this is uh, the worst. This is terrible. Let's get out of this bit post haste. Nice. All right. On we go. Well, guys. Oh, shit. You know what we're doing in a couple weeks? We are going yeah. to Salt Lake City. Yeah! The Salt we're going Palace, to the MTG baby. Summit. What's salt? The Salt <laughs> Palace, baby. No, Tony, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> no, I know it wasn't no, it's yet. It's been a few I... weeks. Mrs. Q, wow, embarrassing. Not yet, not yet. Uh, also, Pat says that now. Let the record show that like fucking Mike was here for when I said it, and Sam was like, "Nah, <laughs> no," because we have to plug. We have to. We have no. To I commercial. understand. It was a joke. You didn't even get the joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. We're just out of sync. It's been too long, you know. <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to the MTG Summit in Salt Lake City. It's happening from October 26th through 29th. Tickets are still ready. And out there, they are available. Fucking get it, guys. Come hang with us. Hell yeah. I think we can reveal that we will have new custom salty treasure tokens that we're going to be giving out to people. Hell yeah. We had our tokens that we did last year for Vegas. We gave some away to some of our patrons. We've been giving them away to people that we hang out and play with in, in real life. If we bump into people at cons and shit like that. But now... New chapter. It's a new podcast. It's been an entire calendar year. Fucking 50 episodes between the con last year and this year. We've got new tokens, guys. Wow. And it has our fresh art on the back. And they fresh, are baby. also fresh as, fresh. fresh as fuck. But yeah, it's going to be a great time. I'm, I'm super stoked. We are featured content creators. We are special guests. It's going to be a really good time. Uh, we will be there from Thursday through Sunday. If you have a VIP badge... You get access to like the room that all the creators are going to be hanging out in. You get access to the creator clash, which is an event that we're going to be playing in. Everybody gets a pre-con and just get to jam games with a bunch of different creators. Kyle Hill is going to be there. Cassius Marsh is going to be there. Brian Kibler is going to be there. Olivia is going to be there. Fucking Howland Salt Mine is going to be there. Oh, <laughs> Tony's going to be there. Mike's going to be there. Sam's going to. Nick's going to be there. Hey. It's going to be a really good time. If you guys want to like play against some of our decks or jam, I think it's going to be super fun. And we'll try to do like a little Howling Salt Mine meetup one of those days too. Maybe just find us and circle up on Sunday morning and we'll just jam Commander games all Sunday. I don't really know what our creator schedule is yet, so hopefully that works. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, we're playing games. Yeah. yeah, whatever it is, we're jamming games literally all weekend. We're all going to bring our like favorite signature decks. And so, you know, if you want to see Tony's like Grenzo deck in action or one of his other horribly tilting decks, you totally can. But don't worry, it'll just be jank. You it's should just, just play your jank against it. It'll be good. <laughs> it's just jank. Dude, the Jenks Bank Warden is fucking jank at this Get point. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here. Oh, my God. I need to tune him up so that, like, he's actually, <laughs> he's like, fine. good. He's <laughs> totally fine. I don't think he's him anymore. Though. He's going to end up being a CEDH. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. There is a CEDH Grenzo. There is. We've played, I know we I've played, played against, against it on Play to Win, man. <laughs> oh, nice. Big crush you. <laughs> no, it actually didn't do no, shit. No, it didn't. Of all of the decks, that one somehow didn't. Yeah, Cam absolutely crushed us in those games. Anyways, nice. uh, that's old news. We're we're over it. Frankly. That's so old. <laughs> so long ago. 
I don't I don't think we confessed how terribly we played in it though. <laughs> I, I will say with those play to win games, sometimes you play CDH and it's just an absolute blowout. In both of those games, I don't really think there's anything we could have done differently to make an impact. Like turn yeah. one blood moon <laughs> against a four color and a five color deck. We just got totally blown out. We got smashed. And you even dropped some like decent dorks to get some advantage through there and color fix and stuff. And even that, it didn't really help. Cam just ran away with that, hit his combo immediately off Ilharg and just like crushed us. Game two was just as bad, man. He just spun up into that sweet, sweet value with that Minsk and Boo deck just was drawing so many fucking cards. I think there are a couple moments where we could have like table talked more, which Dylan talked about in his like analysis of the games. But for the most part, we were just absolutely outclassed from like turn one or two with those games. Cam also was first in rotation, I think, both games. I think he's, he had like chair one. That doesn't have any impact in CDH games, though. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Irrelevant. It's so true. How about, uh, should we get into it, guys? How about a little salty story, maybe? All right. Let's get off of Mike. And, <laughs> and get into the mine. <laughs> Off the mic and into the mine. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> what are we going to talk about, though? You know we're going to talk about some salt, Tony. We got some salt. But wait. Ooh. I was going to say I want salt. That was so good. That sounded like a... Mm-hmm. What a... Home improvement? What is that? Ooh. No. It's the, um, <laughs> Maybe? It's, the, it's the ghosts in the mines in Stardew Valley. Oh, maybe. Is it? <laughs> there is one that does Ooh. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. It's giving me like PTSD. That shit, those like fucked you up. Anyway, <laughs> what, what salt, Sam? Thank you, Tony. Tony, I've been waiting weeks to hear you say that. How much of a backlog do we have, though? Like, that, that's the thing. Like, we, we're good at backlogging episodes. So, yeah. again, time is an illusion. To us, yeah. it, Tony has been away for like, what feels like a month, basically. Well, because it was, because it was like two weeks for the honeymoon, and then we didn't record the week of the wedding. Yeah. It it has been like a month since we recorded. Yeah. Yep. But I, I'm happy to hear that question, Tony. Salt is frustrations in the game, as we like to say. And as I've been saying in recent episodes, it's an umbrella term, really. That's kind of how we view it on the salt mine here. Salt can be somebody raging, somebody smashing cards on the table, somebody shaking up a Coke, dropping Mentos in it, and blasting all their opponents in the face with it because they're so salty. (laughs) Salt can also be the little grains, the singular grains, the tiny little McDonald's salt packet where it's like two weird little hard tubes of salt and you have to like pop the top over where it's just someone getting a little frustrated. You know, your commander gets countered a few times in a row. Maybe a stacks piece comes down that you weren't expecting. You just kind of get knocked out of the game. Or maybe someone is playing a mill deck and someone else is on a graveyard deck and they're just enabling each other. And, you know, you're like, I'm not really effective here. Or maybe one person's on a, a deck that tries to flip into even costed creatures with clone effects so that it can continue <laughs> the chain of flipping into even costed creatures with clone effects. And another player is playing a deck that's composed of a majority of even cost creatures with clone effects. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I've been playing against Garuda a lot, people, and it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mike has been playing against my Garuda deck a lot. And I think the thing that makes it unfun is that Nick is either playing this like kind of cloney deck that has a ton of clones in it, or he's playing Bruvac, and both of those are dynamite for 
fucking guy rooted a play in too. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. So yeah, salt covers everything from the full shakers to the small grains. And we talk about it so that we can understand salt, understand where we come from with our own saltiness, with the hope of being not salty in a future game. Mm. Mm. Nice. Beautiful. Well said. It's an educational show. That's You know, I learn something every episode. Thanks for telling me about that. Hey, no problem. I was just kind of saying words and hoping it was relevant to salt this whole time. That's kind of what we do every week. <laughs> <laughs> like today, I mostly learned how to 169. Uh, Sometimes uh, you just got to learn by doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so nice. tell me about the story. Yeah, you guys want to get into it? I do. Hell yeah. Let's do it. This first one comes to us from one of our patrons. We have a Patreon post here. And this post comes to us from our friend Milkman Dan. Milkman Dan. Milkman Dan. What's the Milkman Dan. Deliver the that sweet, sweet, delicious milk to us every mm. week, Dan. Yeah, deliver that <laughs> milk. Just give me that. Give me your milk. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I have a milkman, and it's great. Do you? It's fucking best. Yeah, I got a milkman. I feel like as a child, as a wee young lad... There was a point where we got milk from a milkman hmm. a couple times. Not like a lot, but I feel like this happened in my life. That could be a fucking lie, but I feel like it had happened. I, I think I had a milkman when I was very, very young as well. Because I, I remember like the glass bottles. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. why. That's what I feel like I remember. But Mike's like fucking two. So like he I've doesn't remember that shit. I've always drink milk from plastic or cardboard. So I'm I yeah. not a... Uh... You're just, just missing out, baby. Just soaking your magic you guys, cards in, in milk and slurping it off the edge. I, I did have two <laughs> friends that lived on the same street as each other, and one would get milk from a milkman, and the other friend, would the, his family would get powdered milk Ooh. and mix it into water. No, no. And Ugh. I distinctly I remember... I vomited in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible, dude. I remember my friend that would get real milk would get really mad because his friends would come over and drink all of his real milk. <laughs> He'd be like, what the hell, guys? Like, this was mine. <laughs> I like don't drink milk on its own. No. Like the milk we get is for coffee and maybe occasional cereal, but like almost exclusively milk is like a coffee supplement. I, I can't tell you the last time I had like a big ass glass of milk. I used to drink like a lot of milk i know that was the joke in college man like that yeah tony didn't drink beer or any alcohol and the joke would be that he had a big glass of milk <laughs> i actually like directed a show once and they bought me a gallon of milk and like, <laughs> like as the gift at the end like that was the gift that's i got so good, that's so good yeah oh, i man. like that's hilarious I, I there was definitely a period of my life where i thought it was funny to use milk drinker as an insult Oh. Yeah, Skyrim, <laughs> baby. That lined up. I love Skyrim. You, you got it. Those Khajiit. You got to put them in their place, you know? Oh, that was it. Anyway, the Milkman brought us a story. Should we fucking read it? Yeah, <laughs> Milkman Dan. Also, everybody, it's episode 69. Some of the stray grains are staying in. Yeah, uh, except yeah. for that one I had earlier. That one's not. <laughs> you got to fucking subscribe for that one. That one was wild, but all the rest are staying in. <laughs> Sam's ploy to get more uh, patrons just like 
Man, that fucking six straight grand earlier in the app. <laughs> jokes on them. We didn't even record one. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know if it was sick, but I did get really salty and mad. <laughs> or did he? Mm. <laughs> uh, so this one comes to us from Milkman Dan, and the post is titled Serialized Elish Nornussy. Huh. That's <laughs> nice. Serialized? Because it's a milkman? Oh, dude, Mike. <laughs> Mike, you get a race. <laughs> it's actually in my contract that he can't get a raise um mm, we changed that while you were on your honeymoon how awkward yeah, yeah. we outvoted you we, we actually made a lot of changes <laughs> currently we're using an ai program to make you sound like pat <laughs> fuck you <laughs> and pat gets royalties on all the episodes but I, it's in the contract i don't make the rules i don't make the rules for the fifth time, what does Milkman Dan say? <laughs> yeah, I already said the serialized Elish Nornissi thing. Elish Nornissi, that is a real that that that's for the real HSM heads out there. You know, that that's a the true 30%. Yeah, the true 30% really knows that reference. You know, we're licking our teeth. It's fucking morbid time. Let's get Yo, it's on. morbid oh time. <laughs> <laughs> Lick your teeth, everybody, because this one's a waifu. Uh, And the story from Milkman Dan goes, strap in, bitches. I got a good one. All right, Milkman Dan. (laughs) (laughs) I've been playing Magic with a great friend group for years now. There are three of us at the core of our group who always play together. Our fourth player usually just depends on who we felt like inviting at the time. We all play at equal levels, spend equal amounts of money on our decks, and have a pretty equal amount of experience. Wow, look at him go. Now, I've been known to play the fuck around and find out gambling game that comes with purchasing sealed product. I've never been one to pull those high dollar chase cards, but today's story isn't about me. It's about the dirty, lucky bitch boy I play with. (laughs) (laughs) My two friends, we'll call them friend one and Dick, recently went out to our LGS to purchase collector packs of March of the Machines. It was friend one's birthday, so Dick was being nice and paying for friend one's pack. There were exactly two packs left in the box. Dick says, it's your birthday. You pick first. Friend one says, no, go ahead. Dick says, okay, picks a pack and pays for them. Moments later, Dick rips into his pack first and pulls a serialized Elish Norn. The audacity of this man. He excitedly tells the birthday boy about his bullshit lucky ass pull. (laughs) Friend one tells me later that he didn't even want to open his pack anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I also got my collector box in the mail that day and thought, no chance do I pull a serialized card now. And I did not. Dick is notorious for having dumb luck when opening packs and so damn annoying. I remember crossing my fingers that he would whiff every time he opened packs. I'm salty as hell, and I wasn't even there. Nor was I the birthday boy who had to live his whole life knowing that he probably could have a serialized Nornissi in his wallet right now. How salty would you guys be, or would you be genuinely happy for one another? I've seen Lord of the Rings. I know how this often plays out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that scene where Bilbo, like, reaches towards the ring always fucking scares me. Even as an adult, like, he makes that face, and you're like, ugh. (laughs) i mean it is the nature of the game with ripping packs like it's it's gonna happen i feel like everyone's got their story of of their friend that had the insane luck yeah seems like dick did everything they could to try and give the other player the the first pick there you know 
Yeah, th- this is one is like it's like you're being salty at fate. You know, you're being salty yeah. at luck yeah. itself. Yeah. Like Dick didn't do anything wrong. In fact, he got you some packs for yeah, your birthday. Yeah, he that's bought some kind. The, he bought friend one some packs. Like that's kind. That's a good thing to do. Like for these exact reasons, I just do. I I don't share boxes. I feel like when I yeah. first moved in with Mike. He got me into buying boxes for sure because it was not something I did before. <laughs> Whoops, Michael! But <laughs> oopsie, I love it. <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, but we would, we we kept buying boxes together and we would split it. And like at the time, you know, if one of us hit like a ten dollar card, we'd be like, "Oh fuck!" Like yeah. You know? <laughs> but it's just like it it started to hurt. I was like, "Oh, well, Mike got that one, but." but Tony didn't get it. So like there's only one in the box. Like, and so it, it just quickly devolved to a point where like, like, should we just get two boxes? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I feel that too. I, I think we've talked about it before, but my rule is you just don't split boxes because somebody is going to open something fire and you aren't gonna. And yeah. I, I think that's a very similar vibe when there's two packs left in a box at an LGS like if there's if there's 10 more packs in that box and you buy two there's some like plausible deniability that like mm. ah you know luck of the draw there's some other shit there but when it's so clearly a coin flip that you could have gotten something amazing or you just got like absolute nonsense in your pack like that man it just feels so bad yeah 100% i will say i do get genuinely hyped for my friends when they pull dope shit out of packs yeah. though i just like i don't i don't really get salty about that Granted, I don't split packs, but if like we all bought packs from the same box and one of you pulled something fire, I- I'd be pretty stoked for it. Yeah. I mean, that's happened before. Like you got your your serialized soul ring, Tony. You know, <laughs> <laughs> only a PSA 8, though. Yeah. Why don't you fuck yourself? Um, <laughs> the uh, I do think there's something about like when you're in the same room together, though, that like. I, I'm never like mad or like not happy for you guys, but I won't say that I'm not sad that like I didn't pull something cool. Right? Yeah. Like, like I feel like I've been in a room when we've all cracked like mystery booster boxes. Like, Oh yeah. And like somebody gets like a mana crypt or something gets that. And you're, and you're just like, I'm happy for you, but I am sad <laughs> at the same time. Like, I'm, I'm feeling both emotions. It's not just one. I'm, it's not just pure happiness for you that you ripped one. You know, it's like, it's the jealousy, I suppose. It's a jealous salt. Yeah. Mike and I had this kind of recently with some boxes of One Piece. <laughs> I can tell like a stony, a stony expression goes over Mike's face. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was going there. <laughs> <sighs> So One Piece also has a thing where there's a fixed amount of like secret rares and like basically like there's going to be a mythic and there's going to be like one of the other alt arts or something. So we yeah. were like, okay, well, we won't split. We'll both get our own. Yeah, and then, never split a One Piece TCG box. Yes. If people are getting into it, never split a box ever. Yeah. <laughs> and we had been talking about like decks we were interested in and I had one and I was like, I'm pretty interested in this one. And of course... Sam opens the alt art version of this super rare card. And I was like, just, uh, just crushed, just, just completely crushed. And I wasn't even going to play those colors. And no. the thing and is you're that, still not, like, you're I'm still, still not, not playing that card. <laughs> and the thing is that like, like I opened it really early and we were like, oh shit. And I was like, well, dude, just open your packs. I'm like, you might get something to trade in. 
and you just you did not get something to trade in. <laughs> you just did it. And now that card is like 75 bucks or like yeah. 80 bucks or something. Like it just keeps going yeah. up. It's Paid like for the box yeah. if you were to sell it, which you want. So I, I 100% will if I can. I don't need it. Do you want to buy it? No. Nope. All right. You well, made your bed. <laughs> you can lie in it. You can try to punish me, but it's it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's just something that happens when you, you play the game, you know? When you play the game of ripping packs, someone is bound to rip a better pack than you. Just sort of how it goes. On the flip side, uh, congrats on the serialized Elish Norton. Yeah. Get it, Dick. Get it. You can fucking get, get it. That. <laughs> get that Nornussy. Uh, <laughs> it's Morbid time. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I can't believe I forgot about that. Like, I know, right? <laughs> Somebody said when I was hanging out with back. my friends uh, last weekend, one of them said it's morbid time, and I was just cracking up. I was like, I haven't heard that in a while. <laughs> I feel like we need that on a fucking shirt or a sticker. We need that on a sticker. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. My friend Dave was sitting across from me, and I looked at him, and he just he doesn't even say it. He just licks his teeth. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, man. That's such a deep cut. He was like, it's morbid time. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's such a deep cut for the show. If people don't know, God, I wish I could point you to an episode. I was going to say, I I don't even know the episode. Yeah, I don't even know the episode, but there's a very, very funny episode. It might be one that says like two Sams or something like that. I don't remember. It's early. That's all I can say. It's an early one. What what do we think about the salt rating on this one? It's low salt to me. I mean, like, there's a little bit of salt that like the universe didn't honor the birthday luck like it didn't it didn't follow <laughs> you know the way it would have been nice with like a little bow on it but it's still cool it's still like someone opening a great card always kind of hyped for that yeah i think this is like a a teaspoon of salt but it's a mounded teaspoon of salt you guys ever mm-hmm. see that when you're like baking where it's like ooh, do a mounded teaspoon a mounded tablespoon no basically what you don't like flatten off the top of the teaspoon or the tablespoon. i understand the concept seems like an imprecise measurement it yeah. is imprecise, yeah. yeah. And frankly, I think the amount of salt here is imprecise to the actual issue at hand. You know, it's a little too salty. I mean, maybe Dick has this track record, but dude just pulled a good card. I, it was all fair. He gave friend one enough chances to to snag something. Better luck next birthday, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just happens. Oh, my God. Well. Another one. So this next one comes to us from our Gmail. And this one is from our old buddy, Dash Hope 69. Uh, uh, yeah. Nice. I feel like we had to have Dash Hopes on this yeah, episode. You can't not. Yep. It's the correctly numbered app. If people don't know Dash Hope 69, we've talked about this person in the past. Dash Hope 69 has followed us on Reddit for a very long time. They have an amazing Elish Norn banding deck that is really crazy. They are like a huge proponent of mass land destruction and stuff like that. Got a lot of lot of hot takes when it comes to the spicy, format. Spicy takes. So this post is titled, Hey, it's Dash Hope 69. <laughs> <laughs> Good title. Okay. Nice. And it goes, Hey guys, I've quit Reddit, so I'm emailing you. <laughs> <laughs> like a like it's a drug because it basically is but <laughs> yeah this is when like the weird thing was happening where reddit mm. was like forcing out all the third-party apps so mm. and it continues let me get your opinions on some things 
Guys, ready? These are going to be a lot of hot takes from I'm our ready. buddy Dash. I'm going to prepare my opinions for them. Hang on, are we doing the opinions as we go? I'm just going to rip through the whole thing. I don't like any card printed after about 2008 or so. It's all soulless Photoshop garbage now. I don't play any cards originally printed in Commander products because they go against the spirit of the format. Mm. The spirit of the format. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need like the great out, insert the great out man there. Like, <laughs> God, it's bringing back to Catholic school. Like, I remember this. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> dark times, dark times. Rather than be creative and play quirky pet cards, you just play Guide to Fairy's Protection or Fierce Guardianship. Furthermore, the way I build decks means that I optimize them, and that means playing staples to subsidize a theme. If I played Commander product cards, that would double the amount of auto-include staples in my decks and essentially eliminate the deck slots currently occupied by cards like Burnout, Sunscour, Pursuit of Knowledge, Nether Void, and Shred Memory. The Celestis and the Order of the Sacred Torch Cards like those would be replaced by a jeweled lotus in every deck or whatever. It's one thing to cut basic land for Ancient Tomb and Urza's Saga and Mana Crypt. It's another to cut the actual meat of your deck for asked for pushed cards printed directly into the format. Cards like Ristic Study and Soul Ring are good in Commander, but it's organic. They just happen to be good. They weren't pushed specifically for that purpose. Uh, and then there's a little asterisk here. Ristic study is merely okay when playing against intelligent people that pay the tax. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen another person's deck that I liked. Much of the problem stems from everyone's decks being new cards or not having a theme and just being piles of cards. The theme decks I do run into are Ur-Dragon Miram. There are 10 people that play this deck in my LGS. Or Goshintai Shrines. Only like half a dozen people have that one built. I would argue that those aren't even truly theme decks because people only play them because they're nakedly powerful. I stay respectful while I'm playing games, but when people ask for my opinion on cards, the answer is almost universally that I do not think it's cool. An especially bad problem I have is when everyone else's commander is originally from a commander product. They're all in three colors, chosen at random. They all have similar names, chosen by a random name generator with some bullshit, <laughs> overdone title from original Kamigawa. I'm playing... <laughs> Ala Nayala, the bringer of death. <laughs> they all have three creature types chosen at random. They're all self-sucking value engines with novels of text on them and some annoying 2-4 death touch stat line. They're all dark printed foils with CGI art. They, they've, and they've all curled into convex cylinders. <laughs> Whenever I read one, I immediately forget what it does after I set it back on the table. And after a while, I just give up and hope it's not relevant. <laughs> <laughs> it's isn't oh, it so salty that's a lot of takes <laughs> yeah. a lot of i was gonna say it's also so many takes <laughs> yeah it's a lot of takes i think you can sum up the take that dash hope 69 just doesn't like the modern meta like the casual meta we talk a lot about like the cdh meta but there is like a casual meta of deck building you know something that like involves like three mana rocks are irrelevant got to play two mana rocks you know certain cards are very powerful certain cards are auto include staples like there really is a casual meta and i think that that has moved in a direction that dash hope 69 does not appreciate mm -hmm. but like i don't know there's this this idea of like this deck building decision to not include any of those cards because it would start eating into like the meat of the deck and i feel like you're just making that decision at like the overall level 
other people just make that decision on like a card by card basis, you know, yeah. like you could mm -hmm. let yourself play commander product cards and then just not put jeweled Lotus in a deck, you know, to the like, oh, I'm building things optimized point. You're building your decks optimized to this, like your own format a little bit. Yeah. And it's kind of close to like pre-DH, right? I was going to say that too. Isn't this basically what Dash Hope 69 is describing here? Yeah, it's pretty much pre-DH. If people don't know what pre-DH is, it is playing EDH, but only using cards that were printed before Commander products were printed. I think it is pretty much everything before 2008, which is kind of the date that Dash Hopes threw out. Yeah. And there is something to say, too, about like 08, like that era. Like the art that Magic started using did kind of start changing. In some ways, things got like even more varied because they started introducing like secret layers and like all these different art treatments and stuff. And, and there were then like these themes of, okay, there's this whole suite of cards with this art style, which is really cool. At least I think so. But there's like, if you look at an old magic card and a new one, if you looked at the art in isolation without the frame or the border or anything, I think a lot of people that have played a decent amount of magic could pin, okay, that's an old card. This is a new card. Like there's definitely, definitely. been a shift in style over time. And I mean, aesthetics, like you're going to have preferences between people that are different. So like, yeah. Mortalists you're saying? <laughs> no, no one said that. Oh. No, one, no one said that word. You are <laughs> right? Uh... Yeah, I think, I think when it comes to card art, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Like I, I fully think that people who don't like modern art on cards because it is a lot of digital art and and those techniques are being used with a lot of modern cards i think that's valid but at the same time i think there are a ton of beautiful cards that get painted yeah and printed and a lot of the artists out there are still using very traditional means to make that card art mm -hmm. we can put this to rest too by saying i think we can all agree that the mystical archives faithless looting is the best magic card art that's ever been printed <laughs> uh, and we can just kind of move on from the art piece of this dude this my <laughs> one of my friends went to mass art which is an art school in massachusetts and the artist that made that faithless looting art they were friends in college. I was oh, talking sick. to him and he was like, we were talking about magic. He's like, I don't play, but my friend is like very involved in some drama right now. And it was the faithless looting <laughs> shit. I was like, oh, that's wild. <laughs> I legitimately think that art is hilarious. I think it's like pretty it dope. It's great. To me, I understand wanting to have self-imposed deck restrictions. Yeah, we do it all the time. There's a play to win podcast episode where they talk about like playing casual and how they play casual. And Dylan has a very similar view where he doesn't play anything that was printed specifically for Commander. So he doesn't play like Deflecting Swat, or he doesn't play uh, Fierce Guardianship. He doesn't want to play any cards that say the word Commander on the card. He'll play something that's printed in a Commander product, I think, if I'm re remembering it right. But he won't play anything that specifically says Commander, because he's kind of like, those are the cards that Watsy wants me to play in Commander. And he plays them in CDH. So kind of like something we talk about a lot, which is, leave your CDH stuff in CDH and leave your casual stuff in casual. And he has just like a firmer line where that appears. So I, I think that's like a valid thing too. You know, if you want to have that self-imposed deck building restriction, that's fine. I think those cards are totally fine to play in commander. I think things like fierce guardianship and stuff like that does start to get a little corner case just with like, deck power levels like i started cutting some of that stuff out of uh what i want to be my like mid power casual decks because i was talking with you guys and you were like oh that deck's really consistent it's really powerful 
And I was like, what makes it that? And I was like, oh, I got a couple tutors in there. I got a couple like free interaction. If I just cut those out, is the deck really that much worse? Probably not. But if someone flips mm. through the deck and sees like Demonic Tutor, Fierce Guardianship and a couple other powerful staples, yeah. they might kind of have a moment where they're sort of like, okay, this deck seems like it is a specific power level that may not be what Sam said. You know, those cards, we've talked about them before, they can kind of be like signposts for power levels. Yeah, but also fuck blue. There is okay. this interesting element. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> blue. I mean, deck where you're running fucking Fierce Guardianship, I'm just like, fuck that shit. You're not running Deflecting Swan in any of your uh, casual decks? No, Deflecting Swan's chill. <laughs> oh, Get yeah? out of here. <laughs> Get out of here, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there is an interesting element to the attitude in this of like i don't like anybody else's decks <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's pretty extreme i think yeah. that's very extreme dash hopes i love you i love your vibe i enjoy your hot takes this is some extreme shit it's pretty extreme <laughs> and to be fair dash hopes may just live in a place where like everyone's not playing extremely creative stuff in their LGS. It sounds like that. Ten or Dragon Miram decks. I fucking hate Miram. I think I've talked about that. I would go insane playing against. Yeah, I go. <laughs> I go nuts playing against that all the time. Or same Shintai with shrines. Like, yeah. So you know, maybe you just kind of need to find some of the brewers that are doing other things that are like interesting and creative in your mind, uh, or force people into it by doing a deck building challenge with some friends. Yeah, definitely. People will play the stuff that is good that they're able to play if you're playing against all decks that you think are dumb or are boring that's like three quarters of the cards that you're seeing so it's gonna get it's gonna make <laughs> things old pretty quick yeah i feel like i would get pretty burnt out with this attitude playing at like just an lgs you know yeah because people are yeah. gonna play the cards that are printed into commander products like new players generally speaking, are purchasing a commander product and getting into the game. People aren't organically getting into it like they were in 2008, you know? Right. It's not so much a format that magic players are discovering. It's a way that people are discovering magic. So just the on-ramp is very different. Yeah. And, and things just have gotten more powerful over time. Like, I, I don't think it's a hot take to say that the format is getting pushed more and more. Mm -hmm. Wizards has acknowledged that Commander is the most popular format. So they're printing Spice directly into the decks, directly into the format. And there's a lot of considerations for Commander when they're designing products for Standard, even products for like Modern and stuff like that. Like, yep. like a lot of those have a nod towards Commander because they know that Commander players are going to be picking up that shit. So I think like this type of mentality is fine to have as your own personal deck building restriction because a lot of people like that and a lot of people want to build in a vacuum and give themselves a challenge. It's not like Dash Hope 69 is saying this, but it's another thing to like press that upon other people and be like, you guys have to build like how I build or else you're you're not valid. There's a little bit of that here, but I don't think Dash Hopes is like proselytizing to people and trying to get them to convert. I mean, it's just hard when the things that are like so commander specific are like really fucking good usually. <laughs> like, yeah. There's a reason yeah. like every, they're in a lot of the decks. It's because they're really fucking good. Like, yeah. Any card that says, if you control your commander, do X, like, yeah, obviously you want it. And then if it does do that for free, if you have your commander, like, why wouldn't you run that shit? Exactly. So also like, hard. you know, we've talked about this before, but it's been a while. It's been a while since I could. Um, EDH rec and other services <laughs> like that. 
<laughs> so I just love that like that happened and then like like no comment or anything, not even a giggle from anybody. Just like yeah. happened seamlessly into like the next thought. It's a part, like, it's a part of it. It's just well yeah. established lore yeah. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it matters a great deal, Tony. It matters yeah. a great deal. <laughs> but things like EDH rec, other commander websites, even the fact that like content creators exist and have like a decent platform, there's a homogenization of like deck building styles with those things that exist, you know? Mm-hmm. Dictionary word for the day there. If you're a new player and you go on EDH rec and you want to be like, hey, what does Miram do? You're going to find the best 100 Miram cards on EDH rec. And it's the average of all the decks, you know? Like it's giving yeah. you averages. Yeah. And even just creators like Command Zone being like, hey, don't play three CMC Mana Rocks anymore. Mm. And now everyone's like, yeah, those suck. And they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. And they do. <laughs> yeah, also they just, do suck. They've Don't play printed this. so many yeah. that aren't that it's like, all right, well, why would I run a three mana rock when I can just yeah. run a two mana rock? Like, I want to ramp a turn earlier. And now because of that, the three mana rocks that are getting printed do have a little bit of interesting gravy on top oh, of them. So now yeah, they're worth yeah. considering again to some That extent. gravy is spicy. That's a For sure. Gravy. There is some interesting things I saw recently printed where I was like, I was like, oh, but you do all these other things too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The three CMC mana rocks are getting hot and I am here for it. I dig it. Yeah, there is something here that I also I want to call out, like I've been playing or talking about magic a lot more with my brother in law, who is like, you know, a dad with like no time and a job and everything and like kind of getting back into it, right? Just kind of getting back into it and like, you know, knows the rules, but doesn't have like an insane amount of time to spend brewing. And mostly what he's interested in doing is being able to sit down and play a game. I think people often kind of get grumpy with people that are building these things based off of recommendations, based off of what kind of like the established way to build a deck is. Yeah. But like if what you're into is the playing of the game and you don't really care quite as much about the deck building aspect, that's a great way to do it. Uh, and that's a totally valid, a reasonable way to to approach the game, too. So like yeah. this is a very gatekeepy, like you mm. have to know which cards are commander printed, know which are not commander printed, know which ones are from 08, know which ones are not, only put those in, but ancient tombs, okay, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you were saying, Sam, you, you couldn't really force this on someone else. I didn't um, think yeah. of that. Like, I feel like that must be hard. Like when you, I guess... Dude, Scryfall makes it so easy. Well, no, I was gonna say you just use Google and you'll be fine. Like, <laughs> a good, a good Google search will get you there. Yeah, just Google Magic Card Not Commander Set before two thousand eight, and then go to Image Search. Yeah, that's yeah. where you want to do it. You're gonna see, see so many up. cards, dude. <laughs> so many cards, uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> what What do we think about the salt rating here? Yo, Dash hopes you salty. Yeah, you're cranky guy. I hope you're enjoying the games at least. Yeah, not really salty. Yeah, you're cranky. You're a cranky old man. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I appreciate it and I appreciate your hot takes. I will just echo one more time what Mike was saying. I think that like magic players get joy from different things. And at different points in your magic playing career, do you find joy in different spaces? So like you're saying, Mike, in your early game of Magic, the joy might just be in playing the game. You don't really want to take the time to tinker with a deck. You may not even understand the game well enough to tinker with a deck. It's like a pre-con full of like straight-to-commander product printed shit 
is a godsend because you could purchase it and pick it up and immediately play it. Down the road, you may find that your joy comes from deck building. And I think we've all been in periods with our magic playing careers where we were deck building way more than we were playing, like so much more than we were playing Yeah, and finding so much joy there. And now I feel like we've all kind of got to this point where... Have. I don't know if yeah, I was ever really I was there. Say, Tony never went <laughs> yeah, there. But I feel like now we're kind of getting back into a space where it's like, I just want to play more versus deck building more, or I want to like tinker with a single yep. deck. And I'm really in my like tinker phase now where I'm like, ooh, I made two card swaps. Hell yeah. Like, this is great. So I don't know that I've tinkered with a deck ever. You're a noob. You're noob. Although I'm about to. I'm tinkering with Rafine, yeah. which I've never done. You should start to tinker those cards right in the trash. Yeah, you're tinkering with Silvala, right? Yeah, you're changing Silvala with our cool recommendations that we gave you, Tony. <laughs> some of that shit was so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it was. And some That's of it was, was also really good. As I was listening to you play, I was like, you know what? I have learned how to play Silvala, and these guys don't know what they're doing with some of the things. <laughs> There's like reasonable stuff in there for sure, but there were some things that I was like, what the fuck is yeah. this <laughs> There were some things that I said out loud, and then like literally while we were recording and thought about it more, I was like, eh. That probably isn't right, is it? Yeah. <laughs> I also had those. <laughs> um, uh, we're referring to a extra salt episode. Before we get too far from it, do you guys want to know what the first card that comes up when you search magic card, not commander set before 2008 is? In Google yes. Images. In Google yes. Images. In Google 100%. Images. Yeah. It's called Say Less. It's X. Two, a Phyrexian green mana, a Phyrexian black mana, a black mana, and a red mana for a legendary enchantment artifact land creature human elf. (laughs) (laughs) And the text on it is creature cards you own gain landfall until the end of the next game. If you would exile an emblem, it triggers an additional time. It's a one one. (laughs) <laughs> this is the kind of magic meta that Dash Hope 69 wants. <laughs> uh just just kidding you, bud. Dude, that's fucking yeah. great shit, man. Oh my yeah, god. Well, Should we hit another? Yeah, yes, let's fucking one do last it. one. This next one comes to us from our website, it was one of our first website submissions. Ooh, love that. Ooh. And We're it comes to us it. from our buddy Pat. <laughs> Oh, right. I saw this come in. It comes to us from Pat. (laughs) And the post title is Story Through the New Website. What? (laughs) I like that Tony is visibly upset already. Yeah, he's so mad. To talk about it. And the story goes, long story short, me and my roommate played a Commander Masters draft event. I draft a Simic Big Boys list and win round one. At the start of round two, Someone in the pod next to me says, hey, are we doing house rules for commander damage? Almost in perfect unison, the whole store erupts in a chorus of, huh? (laughs) We all assure him there is no such rule for this event or even for this store. Deflated, the person who asked the question revealed that someone in his pod one said, if a commander is a 3-3 and buffed to a 13-13, you can still attack for 13 damage, but only three is commander damage. Oh my God. This person made up this rule, collected their prize pack and seemed to immediately dip from the store. Talk about ninjutsu. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Pat. (laughs) Wow. 
<laughs> I feel bad laughing, but it's so fucking funny, man. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like what a speech play just to be like, uh, actually, we're playing with different rules today. And someone's just like, oh, yeah, OK. <laughs> but like nobody else at the table said anything. People must just not have known. Right? Like that's the thing. Is it's like one thing to have one person at the table doesn't know, but you had fucking three other people at the table that didn't know that there yeah. wasn't yeah. a house rule of 13 <laughs> three three. So the thing about that that does make a little bit of sense to me is that commander players generally I think are very far from limited players. And this is a commander limited event, which there's been more of recently, but like feel like sometimes you do get people like showing up to play draft that have never played a draft before because they like commander and like limited players aren't necessarily going to the commander drafts yeah so there's like this ounce of like maybe that makes sense but still that's not how (laughs) that's not how commander damage works it's just not it interesting (laughs) it's just so funny dude. (laughs) and the fact that they just won one round got their packs and were like, I'm out of here. Like they were like, yeah. I'm not even going to try to win two or three rounds. <laughs> yeah. They use their trump card <laughs> in D and D you can cast charm person on someone. And after the spell wears off, they know you cast charm person on them mm. and they get like really hostile. It's like exactly that. Like it's good yeah. for one encounter <laughs> and then you have to leave. Yeah. You, have to, just, you have to get <laughs> away from there, be there because anymore. the town guard is coming yeah. after you. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so funny. Have you guys ever encountered somebody trying to like bamboozle you with with house rules? Um, uh, I've been bamboozled by event rules. Like when we went to Commander Sealed, that's on me, but I didn't totally understand how the mechanics of the end of the game were going to work. Same. And then they hit, and I was like, "Oh, really? This is the house rule here, basically." Yep. Um. Big. Same. So I feel like I've had that encounter, and, and I've had people that truly don't know the rules before that I've had to be like no that's that is not how that works like but i think even in those cases they were doing it in good faith not trying to like pull a sneaky on me i was yeah. bamboozled by magic fest 30 when they're like you want to do plane chase <laughs> you mean chase the planes sony <laughs> i think that's the most bamboozled i've been i think most of my like rule bamboozling was very early in my magic career you have bamboozled me well the thing is like when you don't know a rule if you just say what your interpretation is very charismatically and confidently sometimes people just believe you you know (laughs) that's what happened here yeah that's definitely like what happened here i mean i i know i've gotten some shit wrong and i remember when i first started playing i think i was playing with people who were still putting damage on the stack so they were like sacrificing blockers. I just remember it being weird, but they were like, oh no, like I can sack it. And then I'll also sack it a second time. It was like a, uh, it was like a spell bomb and they were sacking a spell bomb like two times to like both mm-hmm. abilities to draw a card and like bounce a creature or whatever. And I was just like, yeah, makes sense to me. Like I sack it. And then in response, I sack it again. You're like, yeah, I love that move. That's that one's really good with carrion feeder. Also, (laughs) I have a one one and a carrion feeder. So my carrion feeder is now an infinite infinite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all the sacks go on the stack. Oh, man. Yeah, good. I I do feel bad for this player, though. That's like such a feel bad to know that you just got absolutely bamboozled. Yeah, you got worked. 
especially too because like often i feel like something like this goes where you're about to then use that rule in your favor and then someone is like okay that's actually not how it works and that's the worst feeling it's like okay i was beat by this thing that seemed bullshit and now i try to apply it and now i'm told it's not real and and i was i was <laughs> duped before so they didn't even was... get told they weren't real somebody was like fucking idiot like <laughs> yeah. you this? i feel like commander damage in general is kind of a weird thing it's poorly understood yeah like every week there's a post on reddit about somebody being like i'm dealing damage is it commander damage? It's like, no, it has to be combat damage. And, you know, there there are yeah. some, like, requirements there. I think it's a weird thing. And I've definitely seen people, like, build decks around, like, burn damage and be like, hell yeah, that's going to be yeah. 21 commander damage. And you're like, nah, it's not actually. It's just 21 damage. Yeah. Still 21 damage. Still pretty good. Mm-hmm. But it is not commander damage. I apologize. Hate to be the bearer of bad news. What, um, is it that time of the week? Excuse me? You have to ask us the salt rating, bitch. Do I? I was like, do we need it on this one? We, you all, just assume you always have to ask. It's in your contract, Tony. Shut up, Mike. You tried to steal it from <laughs> me. You can't say anything. Holy Mike, do you want to yell at me? Do you want to well, ask? No. You miss your cue. No. That, like, someone's got to do it. I'm prepping. If you get married and go on your honeymoon for two weeks, like, someone's <laughs> got to do it. Mike, can you, know, you just we, ask me what, what, what the salt about, rating is? What do we think about the salt rating here on this one? So Sam, what do we think about the salt rating Yo, shut the on this fuck one? Up. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. <laughs> bullshit. Hmm. Um, bullshit. I think this is this is high salt. The moment when an entire well, it's medium, but the moment yeah. for this player when whole store looks at you and goes, "Huh?" Like hmm. I can feel <laughs> the blood rushing into my head <laughs> as I have yeah. a panicked moment of realization that i've just asked something ridiculous and have been duped like i can (laughs) physically feel it Uh, i didn't even think about that yeah like the fact that you're just asking you're like hey are we all using this crazy rule and they're like what the fuck are you talking about And you're like (laughs) oh shit (laughs) it's like if you don't already have a little bit of social anxiety there it is for you (laughs) yeah exactly it is peaking at that point yeah i i agree i think if i was pat in this situation you know, I would be like, man, that sucks. I'd have a little chuckle. But if I was the person in that situation, I would just, I would also leave. I would be like, eh, I'm done. <laughs> I played my one game I, and and became a fool publicly. I think I'll just bounce. Uh, yeah, I think I'm out now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that time of the fucking week? Ooh, Tony, how I've wished for you to say those words when you're supposed to say them. Hell yeah, baby. But what time is it? It's that time of the week that comes every week. Every fucking week, baby. It's the time of the week where we say, Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. What's the salty card of the week? I got my first real pre-con. Bought it at my LGS. Shuffled till my fingers bled. It was my favorite live game deck. Sitting around the LGS. This game is gonna last forever. And if you attack my face, I'll heal and I will recover. It was my favorite life game deck. And my life total was 69. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and my life total was 69. Oh, yeah. Nice. Thank you, Sam, for that perfect 69th 
salty song of the week. You're welcome. I guess we maybe missed some, but the the salty song on the 69th episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we did them in the early episodes, but <laughs> I had to. I was like, "What songs say 69?" And I was like, "Oh, this one, the one that talks about a specific year." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the salty card of the week, though, Ooh. this week is Craterhoof Behemoth. Oh, shit. It is five and three green for a creature beast with haste. When it enters the battlefield, creatures you control gain trample and get plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of creatures you control as a five, five. Mm. Yep. So what do you guys think? Would this make you salty? You can't just fucking ask both of us. Yeah, I did. What a bunch of bullshit. It's, you it said, happened. I want you, you to guys. fight. I want you to fight over my <laughs> over my affection here. Come on, let's see it. <laughs> uh, I can uh, go Tony. first, Mike. Okay, well, this is more like it. Yeah. Uh, Tony, you've been gone long enough. Why don't Why don't you tell us what you think? Um, it's like one of those typical win cons. It feels like boring. I feel like that's what I don't like about this card. It doesn't make me like particularly salty, but when it happens, I'm always like, oh, okay. Guess we're just dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Nick has played it and been like, oh, no, it's not over yet. And I'm like, no, dude, you just played fucking Craterhoof. Like, it's over. Like, like, it should it's... It better be over. <laughs> yeah. Or else you played it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, straight up. I feel like everybody knows this card. Everybody sees it come down, and everybody knows that if it's getting played, the game's over. And if it's not over and they just played like a quote value crater hoof, then it's usually a meme and funny. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you can either play crater hoof when you're going to win or you can play it when you have no other creatures. Yeah. <laughs> so you just play a crater hoof and you need a blocker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Eight okay, man, five, five. Those so are the good. only scenarios you can have. <laughs> Sam, what do you think? Uh, I feel the same way. I really think Crater Hoof is boring. It is one of those tried and true win cons. You know, it it appears in most green go wide decks, but I think it gets salt because people are kind of sick of seeing it. And it's sort of like expropriate or in that same echelon of win cons where it's just like, oh, what a surprise. The green deck cast a Crater Hoof behemoth and that's how you're going to win. It's kind of funny to me. I think of it a lot in the context of instant win cards like Thassa's Oracle, for example. Obviously, Crater Hoof is way, way, way more expensive. Yeah, it requires a lot more setup. Yeah, but like it's still a card that says you play this and you generally win the game, you know? And I think people just dislike how boring and linear that is where it's like I grow my board, I tutor Crater Hoof, I play the Crater Hoof. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I don't think people enjoy that type of play style. And and I don't really either. Like, it doesn't make me super salty. I think if someone plays a greater hoof, I don't know. It's not that big of a deal. Like, I'm, I'm kind of expecting it in some decks. But I think, like, the masses generally out there, like your average casual EDH player isn't going to have a lot of love for greater hoof just because it's a pretty straightforward win con. I will say I have never, ever cast a greater hoof. Same. Yeah, I don't own one. So I don't, yeah, I, I don't I own cannot one either. have cast one. Yeah. Yeah. Double same. I I do agree with you though. I think the frustrating pieces of it is it often feels like tutor crater hoof and play it. Yeah. If you're a deck that wants to win by casting crater hoof, you usually like need to go and get a crater hoof to cast to try and win. Like that's often kind of the main or only win con in the deck, other than just like getting some beats in. I think the other thing about Craterhoof that's maybe frustrating is I feel like it can 
slip into lower DMs. It can slide into your DMs. Your butt crack. Yeah, that too. Sixty-nine. <laughs> nice. Can you imagine nice. six to nining a crater hoof? Oh my god! <laughs> I can't. What I was gonna say what I was gonna say is I think it can. <laughs> I think it can fit into smaller. Oh, Jesus. oh Mike, be can, careful! Be careful can, here. I think it can fit into more casual pods oh, and like sneak into more casual pods than a lot of these other mm. like big Winconi cards can. Yeah. We've we've talked about this effect a little bit before, but people aren't going to be as upset by a crater hoof as they are like a force of will, you know. But it is yeah. still a very game-ending, powerful, crazy good card. Right? It's still so, a crazy broken effect. It's just for some reason people don't get as salty over broken effects that influence combat damage versus broken effects that influence like other facets of the game, like a shit ton of card draw or a bunch of countering or like control. It's actually a hot take from Dash Hope sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> an old one uh that he sent to me on reddit which was that like generally like the green deck is doing the most broken shit by ramping out a fuck ton of land and casting these big giant massive creatures that wreck the board and yep. like I, I think it was one of his arguments for for mass land destruction uh <laughs> to keep that in, in check but mm. yeah well, thanks for telling me how you guys feel about it. Do you want to move on to the next section of the salty card here? How do you feel about oh, it, Mike? Yeah. Oh, you already said. You already uh, said yeah, without being said. asked. Uh, yeah, I jumped the gun, if you will. Uh, <laughs> so where do you guys think this lies in the top 100 salty cards? Is this still the old list? It's still the old list. I think next episode we'll probably need to do kind of a transition. We'll look forward to that, folks. Next episode. Ooh, episode Ooh. 71. <laughs> Auspicious. <laughs> I'm going to guess, I think it is 69. Oh, shit. Nice guess. It's fucking right. On theme, baby. Tony, what On do you theme. think? 43. Do you want to try that again, Tony? No, no. you can't do that. He said 43. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is card 69. Yeah, Damn it. Baby. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> right yeah. on the money, Sam. I didn't think it would be that on the nose. I didn't think you'd actually <laughs> put the go, man. You don't think God. like 50 cards ago, I almost read Crater Hoof and was like, <laughs> wait a second. Oh, <laughs> man. Dude. Uh, it's all skill, baby. Tony's rusty. He's been away from the game for too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for playing, guys. It literally gets one fucking card, and then he's like... It hasn't been one. It's been a lot. <laughs> hey, it's been a while. I really want some prospector to do the do the a tally. numbers on, on who won. On who's won and who's won. Yeah. yeah. I don't even remember which episode we started doing that. Like, no. when did we start guessing? I don't even know. I don't remember either. When? Mm. Well, well, somebody in the 30% probably knows. Let us know. We really need a wiki for the show so we can reference shit. We because, do. <laughs> it's it's been going on long enough now where I like forget if I've told the story. Most famous quotes: "It's Morbin time," and Link's uh, teeth. three unfunny guys telling Reddit posts or whatever. <laughs> oh, well, man. that wraps it up for the uh, the salty card of the week. So. Well, thanks, Mike. That was a lovely salty card. And thank, and thank you. you, thank you, <laughs> thank, thank you, guys. you to our prospectors out there for turning it. For tuning into another episode of the Halloween Salt Five Podcast, 69th episode. For turning it up and for tuning in and tuning out 
for the 69th episode <laughs> of the Howling Saltmine podcast. If you want more Howling Saltmine, check out our Patreon. Uh, I think I can announce it now, but we've got new Patreon tiers coming. They may already be out. I don't fucking know. Time's an illusion. <laughs> Did I get Time it done over the weekend? Illusion. Did I not get it done over the weekend? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but there are new Patreon tiers coming, and uh, there's probably going to be an announcement in the main feed about that. So either keep an eye out, or you have already kept an eye out. Patreon.com slash Howling Saltmine. Check it out. We have our extra salt series, once a month, extra episodes. We also have our stray grains, all the tangents from our show that don't make it into the final cut get put there for the prospectors to listen to. We have a big backlog for both of those. So definitely check it out. If you have already made it through the show, you want more Howling Salt Mine and check out our Discord. We have a great Patreon Discord. We have such an awesome community of people there. Uh, it's a ton of fun hanging out with them. We're chatting about spoilers. We're talking about s- spicy cards talking about casual decks, talking about CDH strategies. People are posting their deck lists up there. It is great. We talk about sports. No, we don't. (laughs) We talk about food. We do talk about food. I post a lot about delicious food. Uh, There is a sports channel, but it's a fucking ghost town, I think. I don't even even look in there. (laughs) I think the Canucks are doing well. Eh, who knows <laughs> it's like you just spoke a different language for a minute so come check it out if you want more howling salt mine content there is a plethora of content to have if you want to support the podcast in a different way we also have merchandise we have dragon shield sleeves custom dragon shield sleeves with the howling salt mine logo on them um the sleeves are beautiful i've been playing them on my marath deck for a long time i've been playing them on my roger arden deck for a long time and all the spare sleeves that I get out of the pack, I've been sleeving up my commanders in those so I can still rep the logo and all that kind of shit whenever I play with any deck that I have. We also have our bonfire store where we have some awesome shirts, sweatshirts. It's fall. It's fall. Let's get chilly out there, <laughs> it's folks. Chilly. Quite frankly, it's a little bit chilly. So don't you want to cover up your arms and your sleeveys and your body with a lovely Howling Saltmine logo? It's more than chilly in fucking Michigan. It's fucking cold. Like frosty. You have to buy two or three and layer up, baby. (laughs) We have some new shirt designs out there. We are putting up our classic Howling Salt Mine logo for the next 30 days, give or take. Check that shit out. A lot of people have been asking for that classic logo from the early, early days of the podcast. So if you want that on a shirt or a hoodie or a sweater or a crop top or whatever other clothing we have up on there. Do we have thongs on there? No thongs, uh, but we do have uh, jock straps. <laughs> Wait, did, did we actually? No, we don't. We don't. Oh my God. I, that's the kind of thing I have no idea if you guys would just secretly put up there <laughs> we don't we like, don't i have that little <laughs> that little faith in the maintenance <laughs> oh, oh, love that so incredibly much we also have some new shirt designs on there in addition to our old logo we have our howling wizard salty gang shirt that i drew that is up there and we also have our Zatulpa 1-800-RU flapping shirt on there. <laughs> People have been asking for that for a while. So finally it is up. Those ones aren't going to be on a time frame. Those are just up. But if you want to get that classic logo, jump on it now. Another thing you can do to help out the podcast is give us a five-star review in your favorite podcast app of choice. And hell, I'll say it. Give us a five-star review in your least favorite podcast app of choice. <laughs> yeah. 
And even the one yeah. that you just feel kind of okay about. Just download all of them and review us in them. But only if it's five stars. It really goes a long <laughs> way to help us stick out in the algorithm. We've heard from people that they are actually finding us through Spotify recommendations and shit like that. It like works, people. It, the system works. So that is all due to the help that the prospectors out there are giving us with these reviews. So we really appreciate every five-star review that goes up there. And we just hope you guys continue to enjoy the podcast and continue to support us in those, those little ways that we have. If you have a salty story that you want talked about on a future episode, submit it on our website, thehowlingsaltmine.com or howlingsaltmine.com. We're inconsistent with the use of the. That's where you can find our sleeves. It's also where you can find some of our favorite episodes that we've posted up there, our amazing bios, and a place to submit your salty stories and your salty confessionals. You can also email it to us at our Gmail, thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com, or just DM it to us on any social media. All roads lead to Rome when it comes to the Howling Salt Mine. And we are so organized and it's just amazing. Uh, you know, all of our interns are working really hard to make sure all that shit gets captured. Just kidding. It's Sam frantically doing an update every few weeks and trying <laughs> to find all the stories everywhere. <laughs> and lastly, we have to shout him out. Our amazing podcast artist, J.D. Burnett. If you guys are ever in Asheville, North Carolina, hit him up for a tattoo. He's an awesome dude. 10,000 subscribers are bust. I miss you saying that, Tony. It's, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> All right, that's it. Number 69 in the bag. Next week is number 71. Time travel, baby. As always, stay salty. And don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's the There he is. <laughs> it's Tony. He's back. <laughs> oh man, I missed you, dude. I missed you so much. Dude, I think I'm still drunk from like the wedding and like <laughs> from the wedding. Damn. Oh my god. Classic fucking Michigan. My internet is unstable. Love that. Love, Love it. it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Everything. Proceeding according to plan. As it should be. It is five and three red for a creature. Er, red? Oh. What? <laughs> what? what? I played it wrong so many times. Oh my gosh. I've, I've actually the color never pie. resolved one. <laughs> this episode's a little nice. bit more crass than others. I feel like it had <laughs> to be. I feel like it had it's, to be. Yeah. It was going to be. And it was. Gonna, Mike's like, it was going to be. It was going to be. And it was. <laughs> yeah, and it was. Uh, if someone opens our catalog and goes straight to this one, this is what they deserve. They deserve <laughs> to get this episode. I agree. <laughs>